By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, Papercut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Jared Gochek. I'm Olivia Michaelchek. We're here with Seth and Jacoby Heinrichs. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, so, artistically. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we're um, what what artistically? We are uh, members of the Heinrichs Maneuver Band. We uh, founding members. Of, I we yeah, we're, we're the Heinrichs in the Heinrichs Maneuver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the titular Heinrichs. Um, yeah, we're product products of a, uh, a homeschooling education and uh, and the country life, the sweet country life. Where in the country? Uh, out in the Sandylands in Marchand, Manitoba. Oh, nice! Very yeah. small town. Yeah, yeah, it's tiny. Just a yeah. bar and a gas station and a post office. Yeah, got to send your yeah. Those are mail the essentials. Get everything ordered in. So. so, how did you two get into music? Um. Ooh, we listened to a lot of. Uh, like old timey banjo fiddle music as children. I was pretty snooty about only listening to old time music and bluegrass music. Yeah, and we had a little like, family band, a little band with our dad. Yeah. Called, our our mom wasn't in it. She doesn't play, so she called the band "Oh Mother, Where Art Thou." Oh, um, yeah. So we'd be playing since we were kids, and and it was yeah. all like very Americana, kind of like Appalachian folk music. Cool. That uh, that genre. Yes. Yeah, so and I, what instruments did everybody play? Like in your dad's um, I'm a I'm a mandolin player. Jack played the banjo, and then our dad played guitar. Nice. I could screech away on the fiddle a little bit, but I'm pretty bad. Yeah. And do you remember <laughs> some of the songs that you guys would like sing and play? Oh yeah, yeah. I oh, yeah. Uh, I I still play banjo fairly frequently. Mm-hmm. It was lots yeah. of. Uh, it was lots of dark stuff. It would be like lots of murder yeah. ballads. Actually, yeah. I played that. We really like the murder ballads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd play like it's Tom Dooley. Yeah. yeah, a bunch <laughs> of those songs are yeah, they're just about about drinking and and killing. Often it's like a a lover's quarrel that turns into it's pretty. They're often pretty dark. Mm-hmm. I played at a a homesteaders festival this summer. What's a homesteaders festival? Uh, it's like a festival for hippies and off the landers. Cool. But I was playing banjo with a fiddle player, and the organizer said, "No more murder songs." Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> they we shut you down? down. Yeah, we were was playing it, like that little was Sadie. April. Yeah. What did you play? Uh, Darling Cora, you Little Sadie. You had to move got to some murder verses. Then if you're out of murder songs, you have to move on to the chicken songs. There's like a yeah. thousand songs about chicken. One or the other. <laughs> the next thing, it's like, well, it's either killing or chickens. <laughs> Maybe a bit of crossover. Killing chickens comes up. Yeah, yeah. murderous chickens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like very like proto Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what instruments do both of you play? In Heinrichs Maneuver, I play a tenor guitar. Uh, it's like a little electric guitar. It's actually like an octave man- mandolin, basically. It's it's lower than a mandolin, but I didn't have to learn anything new. I, they've been making them forever. I, I've got an old Gibson, a 1930 Gibson tenor guitar. Um, I think they started making them... I don't know why. I think they started making tenor guitars because uh, old recording equipment had a hard time picking up lower registers. So mm-hmm. they would make tenor instruments so that it would come through better in recording. Oh, and then they made tenor banjos because they were super duper loud and it was the only stringed instrument in lots of early jazz music because yeah. it was the only instrument loud enough, or like punchy enough to keep up with all the horns. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Never knew that. So it's kind of like a weird, weird instrument. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I play I play guitar in the maneuver, um, but I play it in an open tuning, which is like a banjo tuning, um, and I play mainly on four of the strings. But sometimes I venture onto the, the low two strings. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so we're, we're cheaters. So we'd be very easy to record with uh, with uh, old lo-fi equipment, yeah. all in that tenor range. Yeah. yeah. Was it like um, a learning process trying to figure this out? Because these are specific setups. Like, did you go through a few different trials of sounds before you settled on this one? Yeah, I think we just always did whatever we wanted. But when we started playing electric music, it almost felt like. We were inventing rock and roll because we hadn't really ever listened to very much rock and roll, and we started to play around with what you could do and what different effects existed and whatever, and it was so fun. And then we would play shows and people would be like, oh, that sounds like whatever, Pixies. And then we'd go home and listen to Pixies for the first time and be like, wow, this is the most amazing thing we've ever heard. (laughs) So we had this weird backwards introduction to the world of music that has become kind of, for me, it's kind of become my home. Like, I love that all that music now but in it was in my late teens that I started to kind of that I was introduced to that world and then were you introduced out to that world through him or how'd you or were you ever yeah I was 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 pretty pretty hard line about banjo music only till I was probably like 10 or 12 and then I started listening to like Neil Young and Bob Dylan and that kind of oh and then Mm -hmm. jazz I got I got into jazz in a big way in my teen years um, jazz and blues and then those are like predecessors to rock and roll as we know it so I, I kind of took a very ethnomusicological approach to music appreciation starting with the oldest music working my way to contemporary rock Okay, so where does your band now sit on that scale of like where is your... Like genre wise? Sure or like uh, any anywise, I mean like yeah. whatever. I think we still just with. try and do whatever we want. We with our old drummer Tyler, things were pretty punk rock, and it it made th- like the way that Tyler drum made our band be a certain way. And with our new drummer Brian, who you know, everything is like very a little more chill and like groove oriented. And we'll just go and and practice and play a little riff or something and it'll turn into a song and we just let whatever happens kind of happen mm-hmm. but maybe we could be called like digressive rock okay. <laughs> you know or something like <laughs> yeah, that yeah kind of uh yeah yeah we we were pretty surf rock when we started that was like definitely a direction that i wanted to go in but since then it's it's really uh taken yeah it's taken a turn yeah yeah <laughs> i wouldn't I, say i don't know if rock. i would <clears throat> apply any genre to our music and do you we don't have keep, to do you <laughs> want to keep it that way or is it something that you eventually want to have your sound sound a certain way i, w- I want to keep it this way yeah yeah, yeah. i'm super wanna... happy just to just to make a song uh, one off and make it sound like like it sounds and have fun with it i yeah i wouldn't want to be like <clears throat> a, a highly specified sound i th- i want to keep playing the same instrument that i'm playing right now but even that maybe one day we'll make like a sitar album, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Jonestown Massacre style. <laughs> I'd uh, I'd just like to play the music that I would want to listen to. That's my. Mm-hmm. So you like listening to your own music? Like, do you have you? Have... Oh, we don't really have a lot of recordings. You have. We're gonna make though, a recording soon. Yeah, we're yeah. we're working on an album. This uh, they're kind of old. Those are those ones are kind of old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We need something fresh, something mm-hmm. fresh and good. Yeah. 
So you hitting the studio for that, or we're going to uh, out to the country to Prada to record with our friend Terrell. Terrell's drummed for us. He drummed for us actually on our on our uh, little EP that we made. Um, really good drummer. He's got really good ears. So we're just gonna. I kind of like the. Um, I, it might be fun to kind of make it like a punk rock album, like just record live off the floor and all sit down and and see what comes out of that. That uh, that makes the most sense to me. But. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. So how did you progress from family band to Heinrich's Maneuver? Remember when we went to meet uh, Mitch Podolik? Oh, yeah. Mitch Podolik was was influential (laughs) in this this decision. When we were (laughs) kids, our our music teacher, do you know Daniel Kulak? He's a folk music guy in the city. He's he's got lots of students, teaches every stringed instrument, really good musician and, and a really nice guy. And he was our music teacher in kind of uh, folk music for, for years and years. And he knew Mitch from early folk fest days or whatever. And well, Mitch was his banjo teacher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so (laughs) for whatever reason, he set us up on like a little date with Mitch one day. So we went with our dad. We did like a little family band to go hang out with Mitch and talk about music. And first thing when we got there, he was like, you boys need to ditch, you gotta ditch the old man. <laughs> he, he was like, you, you guys, you know, if you want to make it as a band, you, it's just gotta be you two, like, you're gonna do great. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that was, How old were you at this point? We would have been like 10 and 12 or something. Oh my like, gosh. We were, yeah. we were just little kids. My dad like, would still yeah. have to drive you to the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just drive to a bike. Yeah. 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 And no, dad, dad you kinda, stay in the car. He was a little hurt. He was like, what? Hey, dad, I think we're gonna do this one without you. This <laughs> yeah. See how it goes, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Such so that was the big that was the big advice but but no it, just at a certain point you know you're you're hanging out with your friends more and you want to make a kind of music that your dad doesn't like as much yeah. like our dad has well, we come, started he's come jamming to, with her friends a lot and playing like jazz at Isaac's house yeah yeah we had kind of like a little swing band for a while we always forever we've always had some little incarnation of a jam band with friends mm-hmm. and then the Heinrichs maneuver was our first kind of plugged in thing and it fell into place where our friend Joe Madden who's a great uh, singer songwriter guitarist like a, also just a really really good musician he came and started playing bass for us and he doesn't really play bass and he ends up being kind of the best bassist ever this band fell together our friend holly from the gray jays she's a she's like a classically trained super good piano player and uh, she's playing like a weird old 80s synth in our band and and it's kind of i think it's just like a fun place for people to for really good musicians to do something that they don't really do that's kind of like, that's how it started for us. We were doing mm-hmm. something we didn't really do, and then Joe dropped in to do that, and, like, our first drummer was, was like, a country guitar player who, oh, wow. like, he loves all music and, like, re- really loves, like, old punk recordings, which I guess is kind of just, like, a logical extrapolation of country music anyway. But, it, yeah. How so? What do you mean? Just, like, punk music is, like, the people's music, you know? It's, like, complaining and... It's simple, and anyone can kind of play it, and it's uh, off in the form of, like, social criticism or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Woody Guthrie. Right. Yeah. Or Hank Williams. Or... Yeah, like, Joe Strummer and Woody Guthrie are kind of... have similar social roles. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I, the Heinrichs Maneuver isn't like that too much. No, we're, we're pretty <laughs> apolitical for the most part. Yeah. You, would and you I, say I, that? We're punk rock. That you're, a, you're not political? Like, just in the content of our music. Um, I was going to say the, the exact opposite. Oh, yeah? I was going to be like, so talk about the politics that you, like, ta- like 
Sing yeah, about. we have one song like our, you were there last night. Yeah, right? yeah. But, like our our last song, that song is called mm-hmm. the Law of Nature, and it has like a little a little message, I guess, about whatever. Just just fessing up to be like we're white guys and we're part of the problem, and and um, and we haven't treated like this land or the people from here really well historically. So it's we have. Yeah, maybe that's the kind of one place in music where where um, we address something that that's political. And then what about the other songs? They're um, just they're they're uh, they're silly songs. I write all the all this philosophical. I think, if nothing else. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, <laughs> if yeah. Else. Sometimes you know you just string a line of words together to sound <laughs> that sound cool. I don't think anyone in the Heinrichs maneuver even really knows what the words of our songs are. Except do you? Me. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I have to remember them to sing them. Sometimes <laughs> they change it a little bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, they're like silly little metaphor or something. They're just like playing, playing so, around. So it you're doesn't the really matter. Songwriter? What's that? So you're the primary songwriter? Yeah, Jack, Jack and I will, will work together on the music, or I'll come with a little riff and Jack will write a little hook for it, but I'll, I do all the, all the lyrics. Um, Lately, we've been writing in a, in a bit of a different format where we'll just mm-hmm. kind of hang around in Brian's basement and Brian will start doing some funky beat and we'll all kind of jump in. We won't like totally. agree on a key beforehand yeah. or anything and we'll just kind of each be playing a riff mm-hmm. and Holly records it and then we say that sounded really good. That should be a song. Yeah, I think we're in the middle of a new or in, in the beginning of a new phase of how, yeah. we, uh, how we're making our music. Yeah, it's a lot more polyrhythmic, a lot more groovy. This more the like stuff that's heads. not on Spotify. Oh, nice. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Huge inspo. We just want to be like the talking head. Really? Yeah. Well, a little bit, yeah. Joe kind of dances around like the bassist from the talking head. Totally. I love Teen Weaver. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Perfect. I would love... You got just got to do bands as bands now. Yeah. That would be so fun. To even do like Fear of Music, like do like an early talking heads album. Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah. So when you started the maneuver, were you guys still living in Marshand? Yeah. I live out in Marchand still. I, I have a little tiny house out there, and I live out there with my with my partner. But we, um, yeah, we were we were probably living in Marsh. Well, Marchand. we made a we made an album with NLC two as a duo, mm-hmm. and we recorded it on GarageBand when we were teenagers, and that was like our first Heinrichs Maneuver project. Yeah, and that we released on like seven inch vinyl that our friend cut. Emily yeah. Granger, she's really cool. Oh, yeah, really yeah, she's cool. got that was a lo-fi. She has like a record cutting machine from the '40s, and it she's cutting records onto like disposable plastic plates from Walmart. She would cut the <laughs> edge of the plate off. Yeah, check it out. I, there's a website or something, right? <laughs> yeah, and she too yeah, is the name of her. It's No Label Company too because it's the second attempt at this yeah. project. Oh. But uh, Winnipeg, like maybe maybe have her on the show. Really cool, yeah. <laughs> really cool uh, weirdo artist from Labrocri. Cool. Yeah, we will. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So were you playing local venues there, or were you making the commute the post the office? City? What do you mean? <laughs> well, in Marchand, yeah. there's, a, a, there's a bar? I yeah, think a bar. yeah no, we, we never played the Marchand bar. bar. That's on the bucket list. Never, I yeah, yeah. to play that yeah. bar. You've never played? <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're getting to be better friends with Tara at the, at the bar. Tara runs the whole... Runs the whole show. She's pretty much the informal mayor of Marchand. Cool. You know, if you it's run the bar, Tara's Tavern. Yeah, Tara's Tavern. Classic. Um, so it could happen one of these days. I, usually, Crazy Madness plays the bar. If anyone's going to play, they're like a '80s hard rock kind of 
father son cover group. deal. Yeah. Well, friends with those guys. So that's you guys awesome. should have stuck with it. I know. I know. Yeah. You guys would have been playing the. We gotta Terrace bring Tavern, dad back but... in. We could be playing Jackson Brown down at the at Terrace Tavern. <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah. That's the dream. But we had no. We had a gang in Steinbach that we'd play with a lot. Um, Richard the... Inman, yeah, Tyler Patchelik, oh, cool. um, a couple of a couple of Steinbach musicians, and we'd play like little coffee houses and stuff. Our first Heinrichs Maneuver show, um, we played at Times Changed. That was our first Winnipeg show, which felt like awesome. Yeah, that's a great. Event. Neil Young played there, and never mind Neil Young, ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ZZ Top played Times. Yeah, yeah, didn't they play like an after party there or something? One time? Yeah, know. but yeah, so we played that show, and that was. So, uh, who came up with the name? Was it? Was I think it, it was our nice... mom again? Your mom? Yeah, yeah it, it might have been. With yeah, the, with the mom names. It was also a turn of a turn of phrase in our family, or in my dad's group of friends, and he was a young dude. He was, uh, he'd often go off like hitchhiking and he lives in a kibbutz in Israel and stuff. So w- when my dad would take off, that was called the Heinrichs Maneuver. His like, as a young man, he'd get the wanderlust and hit the road. Um, Just up and go. And yeah. do you guys have that wanderlust like he does? I'm pretty, pretty connected to the land in Marchand. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a homebody, but I, I like to see other places as well. Mm-hmm. I get, I get itchy feet in spring. I'm like, all right. Let's go mm-hmm. to BC for a little bit. Let's go see the ocean. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So you're also artists, visual artists. Mm-hmm. So tell us <laughs> both about those are separate ventures for the most yeah. part, right? Yeah. You don't yeah, really collab. Yeah, really the Heinrich Maneuver is our collaboration. It's like mm-hmm. kind of this happy place where we found that it really works to make stuff together. But yeah, yeah, and it's a form of play, like because it's just the two of us growing up. And we were homeschooled. We just, like, played with each other all the time. And I think mm-hmm. the music is kind of an extension of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but our visual art is, like, also an extension of what we did as kids. We would have... We had the same bedroom. We grew up in a... Off the grid in a solar-powered... Solar and wind-powered uh, log cabin. It's like a, a, a little log cabin that was made in 1875 by a French-Canadian dude. Huge. Um, That's yeah. amazing. That's yeah, really cool, Yeah. <laughs> You should come out and check it out, actually, sometimes. It's really awesome. And we've kind of, my dad has added on to it over the years. But, yeah, we had, like, a big loft bedroom. And I had my little desk on one side. And Jack had his little desk on the other side under the two dormer windows. And Jack's side was, like, he had a full diorama of little toy soldiers, like the teeny tiny ones, that were sticky tacked onto the ceiling in, like, a giant battle. And it was all very three-dimensional. And my side is all flat. It was all, like, clippings from books, little quotes from books. Everything was, like flat on the wall every inch was covered with like little things I wanted to remember and I would work I would write more and you would be working on yeah carving a chain out of wood or something yeah a chain yeah Yeah, Jack can can... carve a chain out of wood whoa it's my party trick trick. it takes eight hours (laughs) pretty quick (laughs) yeah so now you tell us what your art is visual art um I do mainly ceramics, but I I like making things of any shape and size out of any medium. So wood carving or uh, so like sculpture more sculpture, yeah, yeah. And I really I really value the surrealist notions of reclaimed material and repurposed material, especially I think in these times when the climate is a big issue. Um, 
finding things that are already produced and, and reusing them is important. So what like are some examples? Like work. Yeah, like collage work, be that two-dimensional collage from books and magazines or um, collages of found objects is something that, that interests me. Like uh, making, we had this astronaut suit that we use for shows sometimes and it's made out of like a lampshade and a telephone and an old floater suit and Christmas lights and paper mache and styrofoam mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I, I like making stuff you said something about surrealism can you explain that a little bit more yeah just like that that uh, I think when the surrealists were around and I, I'm not an art historian by any stretch, but it seemed like they really valued uh, the repurposed mundane object. Like, like it's almost like taking something every day and then having it outside of its context. Like yeah. the Max Ernst, like the urinal that's turned upside down. Exactly. Like the yeah. Fountain. Yeah. That's data, I guess. I don't think that's Max Ernst. Is it? Or hmm. no, it starts with a D. I had it. Duchamp. Because, yeah. yeah, Marcel Duchamp. Yeah. If there's an M in the beginning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Big time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Dolly made that uh, cast bronze sculpture of a monkey, but the head is like a miniature VW bug and the tail is a tube of toothpaste. And it's just like <laughs> the body is a jar, you know, it's. it's <laughs> so that's uh, what you're going for. Yeah. That's that really speaks to me. That and like Western kitsch. Yeah. Like mm. mugs that are shaped like cowboy boots. That okay. really gets me going. <laughs> I love that stuff. And so is your but then ceramics home? is not like an assemblage. It's just like taking some. Yeah, well, everything is an assemblage through the lens of the artist, right? Like that's too far out for me. <laughs> <laughs> just so deep. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a doodler. I've always doodled, and uh, you've got one of my drawings. I, yeah, I, I just, just draw took it little to be guys. framed. Awesome. Ooh. Yeah, so it's going <laughs> to be up. So. Might be the first one that's ever framed. Whoa. <laughs> and my parents don't even hang my art anymore. They don't like it. When I was like 13, they were like, oh, we don't like it anymore. <laughs> Is it dark? <laughs> it you like your earlier work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they like my early work, yeah. for sure. What was that that you said, Jacoby? Oh, Seth's early work was all cowboys. Yeah, I drew lots of cowboys. Yeah. I was oh. into the Western thing for I let, read a lot of uh, Louis Manure album or <laughs> books. Louis Manure, and that was a uh, a cowboy. Yeah, 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 yeah Louis like Manure. He, he's like one of, of those. Books, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to work at a used bookstore. Oh yeah. yeah, and the Western section was it, probably like fifty percent. It's just him. him. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Jane Grey. That's the other Western author. Yeah. I just went and bought a Western book for the first time, and I was like, I'm just going to try and find a book that doesn't have, like, a racist cover. Oh, yeah. good luck. Yeah. Couldn't. Yeah. No. I didn't buy a book. No. I was yeah. like, this is just, like, such an interesting thing. But, like, Western movies, they're just, like, the drama and the, like, suspense of everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's me or you in this town, and that's it. Like, there's yeah. no negotiation. Like, holy smokes. That's, like ultimatum a fun game that Love we would those. play with the Louis Lemoore is we would um, we would take a couple of them and then I would read a passage from mine and he would read a passage from his and it would be like the story still works you can just talk it doesn't <laughs> even matter yeah, it's, just, yeah. It's, it's all <laughs> it's all one cliches story. it's yeah. yeah yeah and then you'd present this to your parents and they'd be like F <laughs> yeah. 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 you guys don't pay up yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. oh man yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't present a lot of writing to my parents during my homeschool career 
You did not? <laughs> no. no. So then how were you... How how does homeschooling work? You don't have to talk about it we, if you don't. We had a curriculum. Um, so we would get, like, a big box <clears throat> of books. Mm-hmm. And the format was kind of... Our mom and dad would take turns a little bit, depending on their employment situations, it seemed like. Uh, like, our dads worked a night shift for a bunch of years, and then he would he would have his days free, so it, it was often our dad. But we'd read a lot, and I'd write little reports on, on the books, and they were pretty accommodating to our styles of learning. Like, Jack is a lot more visual and kind of, like, hands-on than me, and I, I don't mind, like, theory. I don't mind digging into just a, a big, dry book. Mm-hmm. So they would let us... Um, deal with that or like process information in our own ways it worked pretty well and then as we got older jack went and did actual high school and i went when i was 17 i went to bc and did a, a big hitchhiking trip i went to the island and was like a little jack kerouac on the road kid for <laughs> <laughs> for a couple of months yeah um yeah learned lots of stuff yeah <laughs> yeah so talking about um, you have a piece actually that's at Gar- Gary Street. Mm-hmm, a couple, yeah. Gary Street Coffee is a good place to go get coffee. <laughs> that's my pitch. Yeah. Um, and if you want to see a sculpture of a crocodile, I have one there. But it's not. It's is it? It's like a crocodile head, and the tongue turns into like a a little street inside of its skull. Uh huh. And instead of having a body, it just has little human hands and feet. On the bottom. Right. So this is where, <laughs> like, it's the crocodile too. is not surreal. This is surreal. Right. And it's it's a culmination of things, you know, that I've that I've seen and observed and and put together. It's a collage in a way. Mm-hmm. It's, How big is it? It's like two and a half feet tall, I think. Oh, from the, it's bigger than I was thought. It's the like the size of an actual crocodile's head, kind of. Hey. Yeah, it's pretty. It's maybe three feet. I don't know. It's on a coffee table. It's in there. If you're living in Winnipeg or traveling through, go to Gary Street. They always have really good music in there as well. And good coffee. And good Mm coffee. Good coffee. Good coffee at Gary Street Coffee. If we get the ad, just splice it in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And how about your artwork? Is that available anywhere in the city? No. Um, <laughs> you can go to Golden Fried Burgers in uh, Steinbach, and I I drew the uh, the menus there. You can get a menu; <laughs> it's so free. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Our, my buddy, our, our buddy Isaac, actually used to play bass for us in early incarnations of our band, and now he's following his lifelong dream of being a burger guy. Nice. Um, and makes a, a damn fine burger. But uh, this yeah. is the advertisement section. Yeah, yeah. Of our I'm, uh, yeah no. What else can we plug? Yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. Line, line them up. Yeah. We'll do it. We'll do it here. We don't mind. You can't yeah. sell out. You can't sell it too much. So what are you talking about? your piece is like really exclusive now because there's only other one other piece. Yeah, of work you, that, if that you is, want some of my work, okay. you need to go to Olivia and buy it from her. Yeah, yeah. I only have one. <laughs> but uh, no, but I'm, that makes I, it more valuable. Yeah, I've been working on a on a bit of like a series, I guess, a bunch of of uh, similar drawings. I'm thinking. Of compiling them into a little, I don't know if I can do like a little coffee table book or a little, um, a little zine or something, but that should be, uh, should be up and running within the next couple of months, something wow. like that. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm kind of always sick. working on like, I draw almost every day, so I'm always working on like a little series of something. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So yeah. when's the next Heinrich's Maneuver gig? Next weekend? Can we say? This weekend? We say? We're playing a show on Friday at the Goodwill for our friend Dana. Dana Lee. Oh, yeah. This will be um, out 
a couple weeks after. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you did the yeah. show with Dana was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like he knew it would be. Totally. It, it was so great. It was so fun. Yeah. She's so talented and yeah. uh, she just killed it that night. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll never forget. And I then, was so drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny. I don't remember most of the show. <laughs> um, That's probably great. No, we're yeah, we're going to have a good time with that and then we're playing um we're playing at, like a semi-secret festival. Well, yeah. secret. Ooh. It will have happened already. Oh. Not the festival formerly known as Soupstock. Oh. Which in past tense, like the past Soupstocks yeah. Always been my favorite festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. And we've we've really played Soup Stock for a long time. That's like a yeah, yeah. A they really pared it down. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that was like one of our first shows too. That was our first show as the Heinrichs Maneuver with Tyler. Yeah, that was Joe our first joint. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Sam, yeah. Our first show in Winnipeg was Times Change, and our first show was as a rock and roll band was Soup Stock, and we played in the, in the afternoon. And, yeah, and one guy danced. Yeah, we nice. had one lonesome punk out there nice. moshing by himself. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soupstock has always really felt like home in that it's like a lot like the Sandylands where we live, and there's a it's the only festival where I've ever seen people like skinning a roadkill raccoon by the campfire. You know, it's it's pretty pretty down home there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I say that's a that's pretty earthy crazy. element. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that's what we like. We yeah. like that a lot. Yeah, people with wood stoves in their trucks and yeah, and uh, roadkill on their patches plates. on their pants. Totally. That's I, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I heard some music. So it was really cold. Went to go see, and nobody was like people were playing, but everyone was standing by like burning garbage mm-hmm. cans. Yeah, that seems and, totally. Yeah, and I was like, that's so like it's <laughs> like down to earth. It's like yeah, yeah. I love it. Some it's people like see that and they go like. This yeah. is like the old days, but when I see that, I I, I think to myself, this is the future. Future is now. On that note, <laughs> yeah. we gotta go. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank, thank you for, for cutting, cutting deep with us on Papercut Paper Podcast. Thanks. thanks.